Challenges with David Morley, Director of the Warwick Writing Programme. Welcome back to Poetry Challenges, the podcast series in which we begin listening more clearly to the poet in ourselves. This episode is called Mirrors to Nature, and it's all about finding ways in which to hear that poet in yourself. Now, take a moment of silence and just listen to yourself. Listen to your breathing, your heartbeat, your own rhythm right now on this planet. Did you hear yourself? Can you hear that sound in your own writing? You see, Poetry is more natural an art form than you might have been led to believe, especially if you were taught it in a classroom. Lines in your poetry are units of your time. Those units of time operate with the rhythm of language, the beat of your species and of you. It may be what drew you to poetry in the first place. The heartbeat of your mother, heard by you in her womb. Then, the nursery rhyme, the children's song, the rhythmical poems and speech of childhood. All these lodged in your memory because of their rhythms. They are locked in you by many early synapses, and they were made because of your perfectly natural, sensual pleasure in them. The music of language was your first teacher. Now imagine somebody standing before you and a fire between you and him. He places a poem and a huge sum of money in the flames. How does this make you feel? Surely how we feel about ourselves may colour how we write poems and even account for poetry being part of our lives. It is a fine line, a question of value. The challenge here is more inward and basic. It is to invite you to see writing poems as an activity worth your time and attention so that you may eventually feel like reaching into flames on a poem's behalf. You may then find one day you are also that poem's author. Poetry is the opposite of money in many fundamental ways. On the surface, it does not make its writers rich or chic, and to publishers, poetry is a surefire get-poor scheme. As Robert Graves said, there is no money in poetry, but there's no poetry in money either. In poetry, the notion of success is extremely relative compared with other arts. Success can simply mean sculpting one perfect quatrain. As the poet Derek Mahan wrote wryly, I have been working for years on a four-line poem about the life of a leaf. I think it might come out right this winter. As this poem indicates, quick gains are not an offer. Other forms of compensation arrive eventually, and nowhere else is the experience of creative process, especially drafting, more of a love-hate relationship. Poets place value on language above every other literary consideration. It can be argued 
that poetry is one of the crucibles, along with research science, in which language crackles and transmutes. The fastest evolving species is language. Poetry sets its camps on the shifting dunes of language, and sometimes trespasses beyond those known borders. The flux and flow in language can create a sense of continual crisis when writing poetry. Given these conditions, you will have to get used to feeling that you will not really know when you've got a poem right. You may sometimes feel fraught as a language in your poems reacts against itself during rewriting. However, as you will see, reading other people's poetry helps you find such alchemies easier to understand, if only marginally more possible to control. But sometimes the language in your poem is reacting against itself because it knows better what shape it should be taking than you do. Here is your poetry challenge for today. Draw yourself while using a mirror. Invent nothing. Then write a poem of ten lines as a direct and immediate response to what you see as you look at this drawing and how it felt to scrutinise yourself. Now, sit down and draw a picture of yourself again, this time without using a mirror. Use your imagination. Give it full rein. You can feel free to make things up about your appearance. This can be a realistic or fantastic representation, or one that combines both approaches. Write a ten-line poem from the point of view of that fantastic, imaginative, magical self. Then, try to push the two poems together to make a new poem that stands alone and stands outside yourself, or should I say, yourselves. I want to find out who you are and who you think you are. Where is the truth of the self? Is it located in the observer, or the observed, or in the act of observation, or the act of observing? The self we see in the mirror, and the selves we explore in the mirrors of our writing are always different. The self is mutable, and writing is a performance of one's self and selves. The self in the mirror is also quite different from how we are seen, for everybody's perception of us depends on the time of day, their view of us, and their skill at recording us visually. When we draw our own face, we also falsify truth. We offer a partial snapshot of a mirror. When we write, we sometimes write out of a discomfort with that parallax between the self and the world, and self and selves. However, we write to improve on truth, not to tell the truth. This game, this challenge, objectifies that procedure. It tries to negotiate with the truth of our self. That's what poetry does. So, to recap in brief, draw yourself using a mirror, write a poem of ten lines as a direct response, draw yourself again without a mirror, use your imagination, write a poem from the point of view of that imaginative self, then push the two poems together to make a new poem. Thank you for listening.